What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inter Miami, the Miami Herald's show on Inter Miami soccer. I'm Andre Fernandez, deputy sports editor, joined once again by Miami Herald sports writer Michelle Kaufman. This is our season wrap-up edition of Inter Miami's year number one with Lionel Messi, the the god of soccer. And what a season it was. It didn't end the way Inter Miami fans hoped. They were hoping for maybe a little playoff run, a little more excitement. So it was already an exciting couple months with uh, with Messi here. Unfortunately, Messi's injury missed a bunch of games. But Michelle, we're going to dive in a little bit in this episode just about what a ride it was to see this man come to Miami and the impact he's had worldwide on a team, on a league, and everything. Uh, but let's let's uh, talk. how you doing, Michelle? And and um, you know, have you already have you already kind of exhaled after this craziness? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a, it's been a wild ride to be honest. You know, this season started with Phil Neville was the coach, and you know. We had, uh, you know, a whole different, I mean, a lot of different players were on the roster that aren't here anymore. You know, Bryce Duke, Ariel Lassiter. Uh, it was it was a different team. The big the big news at the start of the season was that they signed Joseph Martinez, uh, which is pretty wild. It seems like that was a long time ago, but that was <laughs> the big news. They had the big unveiling of Joseph Martinez with his own arepa. With the pink arepa, does everyone remember that? It seems like it was five years ago. It was just at the beginning of the season that there was a big Venezuelan welcome uh, event at the stadium, and they had the the Joseph Martinez El Rey arepa, mm-hmm. and that that was the big news. I mean, that was the big news. Uh, and then there were just rumors at that time. Hey, you know, maybe down the road, and maybe this summer uh, they may get messy. And, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and now here we are. They did get messy. Uh, it was it was a wild, wild ride. From the minute he announced on June 7th, my life changed. Everyone who follows this team, everything changed. Uh, you know, the, the people started buying all the shirts that were not buying shirts before. People started buying the Apple TV, at, you know, MLS season pass who were not watching before. He really had a massive, massive impact on and off the field. And uh, it's been... It almost feels like this was three seasons. It really does almost feel like there was the the pre-messy part of the season, then the messy is healthy part of the season, and then the messy is injured part of the season. It was almost like a third, a third, and a third. The middle third was super exciting. The middle third was just a an a meteoric rise to the top. Uh, they looked like the best team in MLS without question. They were beating the best teams in MLS on the road. They were beating Dallas on the road, Philadelphia on the road, Nashville on the road. I mean, these are really tough games. Cincinnati, they were close, but they were winning and they were scoring at a huge clip. I mean, Miami uh, going into before Messi got here, I think they had 22 goals in 22 games. So they had averaged like one goal a game. They had gone 11 games without a victory. When he got here, they went 12 games in a row without a loss, and they were scoring an average of three goals per game, which is crazy. Uh, so, you know, it was a wild ride in the summer. At that point, they looked invincible. It looked like, oh, my goodness, is anybody going to beat this team? Is he that good or is MLS that bad? What the heck is going on here? Uh, but then things evened out a little bit. When he got injured, things really changed with this team. And then Jordi Alba also got injured. The combination of two of the three of those guys being out really affected this team. And then according to Tata, he really feels 
that the players were just mentally exhausted and physically exhausted by the end uh, when they had to try to play their best to win those games to try to get into the playoffs. They It seemed like they didn't have enough left in the tank and Messi was injured and Alba was injured. And even the last game against Charlotte where they played, um, you know, by then it was almost too late. It was really almost too late for them. It was too late. I mean, at that point, they were already yeah. mathematically eliminated. So some of the motivation was gone. Some of the energy was gone by that point. Uh, but, you know, what a wild ride. I mean, it really was a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster. Yeah, of a ride. it really was. Yeah, I mean, and it ends a little bit with a whimper, you know, one nothing loss at Charlotte. Even though the game was meaningless for them, you know, Messi starts, at least he played. But again, Charlotte gets that early goal and it doesn't end on the high note people hope for. But all in all, though, I mean, let's uh, let's dive in. What is this team, you know, going to look like? I mean, you mentioned Joseph Martinez, the big signing at the beginning of the year. So, you know, now he's not going to be back. But is Luis Suarez the next superstar that comes in and energizes this team and makes them that much better? What have you heard on the Luis Suarez front? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, the Joseph Martinez thing, we I mean, everyone who followed the team was sort of guessing and speculating that if they're going to bring in a Luis Suarez type player at forward, that someone was going to have to go either Campana or Joseph Martinez was going to have to go. And that was the big question. Who's going to go. And, you know, I think Campana is very marketable around the league. A lot of teams would probably show interest in him. They could probably get a lot of money if they were to sell him, but they seem to really like Campana and they want to build around him as a young player a tall player who adds something uh, extra to the to the attack. Uh, Joseph Martinez came in with a lot of, you know, a lot of hoopla, a lot of attention when he came. Oh, is he going to come and, and prove that Atlanta made a big mistake by letting him go? This is a guy who was the league MVP in 2018 and has broken many scoring records at MLS. And so, you know, he was brought in to replace Gonzalo Higuain. But... He like Gonzalo Higuain, he came in out of shape. He came in out of shape. It took him a while to play himself into shape. And by then, you know, the team was was struggling already. They were going through these losing streaks. Uh, you know, it never really materialized to be as big of a deal getting him as it was when they signed him. It was a very big story at that time. In January, I remember being on the phone trying to break the story is, are they going to sign Joseph Martinez? Like this was a huge story at the time. Uh, but once the rumors of Messi started coming, you know, then that story, you know, was not as big a story anymore. And now at the end of this season, Tata was asked in the postgame press conference again in the Charlotte game the other night um, why Joseph didn't travel because he did not even travel to the game. And we knew that he was healthy. And Tata said he didn't travel because there is really no chance for him to be on the team next year. It would be extremely difficult. So rather than him, you know, he really doesn't have a future with the team. And uh, so for him to travel and, and, you know, take any kind of risk, putting him on the field makes no sense because he doesn't really have a future with this team and that he's not going to travel to China either uh, for the two um, exhibition games that they're about to play in early November uh, Joseph Martinez is basically not part of this club anymore. Uh, so that came as just a big of a surprise that it was announced right then at the end of that game. Uh, but that is obviously the case. And so that would clear the way for Luis Suarez. Uh, Luis Suarez definitely wants to come to Miami. 
There has been talks about Luis Suarez even before Messi. People, you know, Jorge Mas and people around the team and around the league have been mentioning Luis Suarez as somebody who wanted to come to Miami, loves Miami, as all these Latin American players seem to want to play in Miami. They spend time in Miami in their offseason. Uh, you know, their spouses and girlfriends and children, they all are very familiar with Miami. So it's a destination that all of these guys want. And in this case, Luis Suarez is very good friends with Messi, Busquets, and Alba. That little quartet played together at FC Barcelona. So it would be like, you know, the Fab Four, the you know, returning together. Three of the four are here, but this would be the fourth one to join the other three. So, uh, you know, apparently he is going to get out of his contract uh, with Gremio in Brazil. He was playing very well down there, but he does have some knee problems. And, right. you know, there was some speculation that he doesn't really have knee problems, that it's all made up because he wants to get out of Gremio. But I think he does have some knee problems that that have to be addressed during the offseason. Uh, but it does seem like he is the target. Tata Martino has mentioned him by name, that we are making two plans going forward. One is the plan with Luis. One is the plan without Luis. So, you know, they they he is a target. They are definitely talking to him, looking to sign him. And I, I guess it looks like Joseph Martinez is the guy who would leave and would be replaced by by Luis Suarez, which would be, you know, that would be a big, a big, big pickup for this team. Even though he's older, again, another guy in his mid-30s, but he is still scoring. And in Brazil, he he was still scoring a lot of goals. Yeah, and that, that was going to be my question was, you know, because Messi at his age, he still proved what he can do. I mean, look at all the moments, that great the goals that he had for them. But Suarez does have that knee issue. And, you know, reading some of the articles, they talked about that, the concerns with that. So can he be the Luis Suarez from Uruguay that everybody knows, you know, and contributes to this team? Like, or is it going to be a situation where, you know, you don't, you, it'd be unfortunate from a spectacle point of view and from an attraction point of view, it's a home run. But from an actual con contribution to the team, and can he mesh? Obviously, with Messi, we know he can if he's 100%. But, you know, is he physically well enough to to do that? Can he make an impact? I don't know. That, yeah, I, guess I mean, that's that's a big question. That, that was the question with Joseph Martinez, too, coming in. Is it the Joseph Martinez who was the MVP at, Argent at, at Atlanta United, or were they getting a Joseph Martinez who's older had been through two knee surgeries and was coming in out of shape but from an off season that he didn't work very hard in the off season uh mm -hmm. because you know he's, he's he had a baby and i mean he didn't have the baby but his uh his girlfriend had the baby if he had had the baby that would have been really a big story uh, <laughs> but anyway nice. yeah. um yeah but uh you know so again with with luis suarez it's going to be a question of what kind of shape is going to be coming in and as messi and busi and alba jordi saw uh, this is a very physical league. It's a very demanding schedule. Next season, they're going to be playing in the regular MLS season. They're also going to have, you know, the League's Cup. There's the U.S. Open Cup. There's the And then there's the Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions League, which they qualified for by winning the League's Cup. So they're going to be in four different tournaments. This year, they were in three. Next year, they're going to be in four different tournaments. Right. And, by the way, Copa America is next summer from mm. June to July, from June to July in the United States. And 
Lionel Messi is going to want to play in that, as is, you know, if if, uh, if Campana is on the Ecuadorian team, he's going to be playing in that. So any players who are from South America, Diego Gomez, if he's on the Paraguay team, uh, you know, any guys who are from South America are going to be maybe playing on that. And then the U.S., the Copa America, this coming one, is going to be 10 teams from South America and six teams from CONCACAF. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's going to be hosted in the United States. So with the United States playing in it, what does that mean about, you know, will, I mean, I don't know, but will Drake Callender be called up for that? Well, right. I don't think Yadlin, maybe, maybe it's not yet, but Yedlin or, you know, so they could right. be missing some players for international duty. There are also World Cup qualifiers still coming up next year, as there were this year, in which case Messi will not be around for those games. He's made it clear that the national team is still a big, big uh, priority for him. So you're talking about a 2024 season that's going to be very taxing uh, for a guy like Luis Suarez, who is, you know, Uruguayan national team. Uh, You know, it's a big year with Copa America, with World Cup qualifiers, joining a new league, uh, having, you know, the League's Cup, the Champions League, the this. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, Tata was saying we're talking about maybe 60 games, <laughs> you know, between 50 mm-hmm. and 60 games. Uh, it's not just going to be a 34-game MLS season. There's right. a lot of other soccer to be played. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of shape he comes in. Is he ready for the physical nature of this league and for the travel? You know, I think it wore on Busquets. And Alba, you know, they were not used to this. Playing in Spain, you know, all the games are pretty close. You're not flying five hours, four hours, you know, to fly to games and different time zones and all that stuff. So there was an adjustment period. And I think even the best players in the world, Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba among them, had to adjust to all of that this year. And that is something Luis Suarez would have to adjust to. Yeah, and and that's a good point because I don't think a lot of people realize or, or think about that. In Europe, for in general, in Europe, with the smaller landmass size countries, you don't have to travel as much and and that sort of thing. Sometimes maybe you could even drive, you know, from one place to the or bus from one place to the next, or you know, like the way teams do. But um, that's more all the more important for them, Michelle. That we've talked about their youth movement to continue signing these players that you know the younger side that can complement the superstars and 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 really be, have become such an important nucleus of this team. Um, but overall, just um, this season, I know we kind of went over it last week a little bit or a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry. Um, talking about if, if the season's a success, was it not? I think it is. I mean, and, and, and a tease, by the way, Michelle working on a nice project for us uh, this coming weekend. Catch it on MiamiHerald.com when it comes out. Um, just a, re- a nice re- visual and, and, and written retrospective of Lionel Messi and what he's done and just the the scale, the scope of the impact that he's made. I don't know. I know we don't want to give away too much, Michelle, but if you want to talk about what's what's what lies ahead on that front. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to take a look back, a real sort of deep dive into what impact did he have? And and it's amazing, truly, truly amazing, because I've been doing research this week, the impact that he had away from the field. I mean, on the field, we already know we've talked about his stats, 11 goals in 12 games, winning the League's Cup, whatever. You saw the drop when he's not playing. It's a, it's a different team when he's not playing than when he is. But off the field, as far as attendance, home and away, the attendance impact and, you know, ticket sales and ticket prices merchandise, uh, you know, Spanish broadcasts, all kinds of things uh, that I've looked at 
and the the impact that he had if you talk about was the season of success from an overall big picture standpoint absolutely without question this team and this league have benefited from the four months he's only been here four months he was here july august september october and most of september he was injured and part of october but he's only been in this league for four months and the impact is already massive it's a massive impact that he's had uh which i will go into my story it's coming out this weekend it'll be online later this week and, and sunday in print um you know Lionel messi had a huge impact on this team on and off the field and going forward you know he signed a two and a half year deal so we're going to have him next season for 2024 and 2025 would be the last year of the current contract so there's still a lot that lies ahead but already in the first four months i think it's undeniable that that he's had a huge huge impact and that i would say it's considered a success not they didn't make the playoffs so that part was definitely a disappointment but they did win the cup leagues cup they made the final of the us open cup uh and you know they showed what they can do when they're at their best and off the field you know massive golazo i was going to say home run no i'm going to use the spanish phrase <laughs> massive golazo for inter miami to get this team and for major league soccer it, it it's going to you know it has transformed in many ways already a lot of things for this team and, and for the league too as a whole Golazo is right. Uh, if Andres Cantor was going to describe it, he'd be, he'd be saying goal for longer than he does, right? For like a minute long, he'd be like, oh. For a minute yeah. long, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, stop. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yes, but let's, absolutely. Let's, get let, let, let's, talk, let's keep talking to Messi, but on a different front. Um, he's expected to win his eighth, a staggering eighth Ballon d'Or uh, trophy, but there's a good contender, Man City's Norwegian phenom, Erling Holland who's put up incredible numbers this year, the 23-year-old player for Man the uh, superstar in the making for Man City. Is he getting gypped a little bit because of Messi's big name, or does Messi think <clears throat> deserve it, you know, after what he's done this year? It's really a shame that they can't give two and, you know, cut the trophy in half, half a ballon for each one. Yeah. Um, Erling Holland, when you look in any other year, I think this would be... In any other year, I think he would win. When you look at what he did, uh, 23 years old, 52 goals across all competitions, 36 goals in the league, breaking the Premier League record, six hat tricks, 23 years old, and leading Man City to a treble. I mean, you know, and this season alone, it's only it. This award is for last season. This award is for the 2022-23 season which is kind of interesting with Messi because everything that's happened with Inter Miami doesn't really count because this is not officially the 2023-2022-23 season, although MLS, their whole season is in the calendar year of 23. So it's a little bit of an asterisk. You know, MLS has never had a player that's been a candidate for Ballon d'Or. So I don't know if they're going to have to change some things now that they may have some MLS players such as Messi right. who could be in the running for the World Player of the Year. How do they factor in the 2023, the, the calendar year season that MLS uses as opposed to what the rest of the world uses? But uh, if you look even this season at what Holland has done, in six games, I mean, excuse me, in four games, six goals. He started the year with six goals in four games and a hat trick, 
are ready to kick off this season. So we're talking about a guy who just had an incredible breakout year last year, you know, incredible numbers, but Messi, Lionel Messi is still expected to win it because, because of winning the world cup at, you know, in December of 2022, it seems a long time ago because it was almost a year ago now, but uh, the world cup was in the winter last year and Lionel Messi did the one thing that he had never done, the crowning achievement to win a world cup, for Argentina, finally, the one thing that was missing from his resume and, you know, and also, yes, also, you know, led, helped lead PSG to a League One title, 42 goals, nothing to sneeze at. And in the World Cup, seven goals, a brace in the final, three assists. I mean, he had a great year. There's no question. And I'm not diminishing what Lionel Messi did in the last season, uh, but I think this award for him will be almost a lifetime achievement award like yes he got all those numbers and he finally won a world cup the one thing that was missing and so he deserves the world player of the year trophy who had the biggest impact in the world of soccer this past year you would have to say Lionel Messi but if you were going strictly by statistics and in any other year, and if it wasn't messy in the World Cup in Argentina and all that, and even in a way what his elevating MLS by just his arrival, um, Erling Holland obviously had a spectacular year and is very deserving of being one of the top finalists. And Mbappe was also a top finalist. Those are really the top three. Also, Mbappe with a golden boot in the World Cup and a hat trick in the World Cup final. But everything everyone else did in the past 12 months has been overshadowed by Lionel Messi, pink number 10, you know, Miami's Lionel Messi now, but the world's Lionel Messi for the last year and Argentina World Cup champion. So I think he is going to get it. That's what everybody's saying, that he's going to fly to Paris and receive that award on Monday, which would be you know, another huge achievement, his eighth time winning that trophy, which is amazing. The next most is Cristiano Ronaldo has five. Mm. Yeah. And uh, when you put it in those in those terms, in that perspective of a World Cup championship, you understand why, you know, it's not just the name. You understand why. And, and Erling Holland is going to have his chance. I, I think he's going to get if he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get it this year. He's going to be right in the thick of it to get it because this kid's only 23 years old. It's the start of his career. And, and and think about it, too. With Players like Messi and Ronaldo, realistically, on the way out, it's going to clear more of a path for him. And I know Mbappe is still around, and there's a few other players around the world that are at that kind of elite caliber. But this kid, this kid's impressive. And, and, and on a team like Man City, where they're going to have a chance to win the Premier League title every year, he's going to be right there. So he's gonna have his chance. I don't think we need to. Yeah. I don't think we need to be, feel too sorry for him if he doesn't win. We don't need to cry for him yet. We're not gonna right. cry for him yet. But exactly. but he's very deserving of being of being a top finalist. And again, if Messi were if he were not going up against Messi, having just won a World Cup for Argentina, the crowning achievement of his career, you know, I think it would be even closer. But I I do think that Messi's gonna edge him out this year for sure. Yeah. Well, Michelle, let's talk. Uh, uh, wrap this up a little bit. Um, talking about who won't be here next year. Like, what's this roster kind of going to look like? We talked obviously about the the Suarez potential addition and Messi, and we know the guys at the top. But 
who um, besides Joseph Martinez, who else is uh, likely on, on the way out? And, you know, how, how does how do they reshape this roster a little bit going into 2024? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at you have to look at some of the players who are the higher paid players who have not really been getting much playing time. Um, you know, you look at someone like I mean, I think Coco Jean was injured much of this year, but he his salary was seven hundred and twenty thousand. Um, I I don't see him probably returning. I mean, I may be wrong, but. He, you know, he was injured. He was making over 700,000. Now, what happens is also, you know, if some of the guys are still under contract, which I have to look now and see who still has one more year on their contract or whatever, uh, the team would have to find a way to trade them uh, or, you know, do get either buy them out or trade them. There's different ways if they want to change people on a roster who still have time left on their on their contract. But uh, some of the higher price price players that I'm not sure would be back Joseph Martinez, uh, Christopher McVeigh, not one of the highest 220,000, but Christopher McVeigh, really nice guy, such a team player, was a big part of the team up until Tata, the minute Tata got here. But since Tata Martino got here, McVeigh has had very little playing time. You know, that he's he's gone much more to the younger, faster defenders. And, you know, one of the things going forward, I do think that they need speed. They need some more speed in the center of the back. Uh, you know, Yedlin is very fast. Jordi Alba is very fast on the wings. But when you look at Christopher McVeigh, uh, Sergi Kristoff, you know, Kristoff, Ukrainian player from their national team, a very smart player, a very tough player, very good player, but not the fastest. Sergio Busquets, for all of his talent, as far as what he does with the ball to get the, the attack started, he's not one of the fastest guys on the team either. So, you know, in the middle of the back, there were times this year where on the counterattack, they got a little bit exposed and they didn't have as much speed. Kamal Miller is a great player. He's one of my favorite players, you know, as far as just his, uh, the way he sees the game, the way he reads the game. He's also a really a wonderful quote, great for the media, um, but also, you know, not a speedster. So, you know, I think some speed in the back is something that they're going to be looking for in the defensive midfield and in the back. Uh, having Gregory back is is a big, big, big plus. Uh, Tata Martino said the biggest news for him in these last few games that were sort of meaningless as far as the playoffs go, for him it was very meaningful that Gregory who was the team captain, if you recall, at the start of this season when we talk about how everything was different. Gregory was the captain and Malta was a starter and, you know, Joseph Martinez was the big news. Now Joseph Martinez is on his way out. Malta's just coming off, you know, a, a very severe injury. Gregory also missed seven months. He missed seven months with a foot injury that required surgery. But he, he started two games in a row, the last two games, and showed that he's the same old Gregory getting yellow cards again. He needs to be careful not to get too many, but uh, he was tough. He was fast. He seemed, did not seem tentative, did not seem intimidated at all. Uh, so, you know, he will help having him playing alongside uh, Sergio Busquets in the defensive midfield. I think that will help because he is a guy who moves around a lot more than Busquets does and Busquets can do what he does to you know move the ball going forward and have the vision that he has but then uh, you have Gregory to do some of the, 
you know, some of the dirty work, I want to say, some of the running around, some of the tackling, some of the stuff uh, that, you know, that Busquets, that's not what he was brought in here to do. So, uh, you know, I, I could see McVay maybe not being back. I could see maybe Kristoff not being back. Um, Victor Uyoa, you know, great guy. Again, such a great locker room guy. He's been a team leader, has outlasted everyone. He's like the only, he and Robbie Robinson are the only two players left from the original roster. And I'm not sure either one of them will be back next year. Robbie has been so injury prone and, and he has shown in flashes when he goes in that he has the tools to be an impact player, but he just has not been able to be an impact player in any length of time because he's had these injuries to deal with. So, you know, I don't know how long he'll be around Victor Ulloa, um, Dixon Arroyo. It seems like they have so many players now in the midfield uh, with the new players that came along. I, you know, I mean, Tata brought in Gomez, Tata brought in Farias. Uh, so I'm not sure where Dixon Arroyo fits in. Um, and Stefanelli, $400,000. So fairly pricey player for Inter Miami. Um, he also had an injury this year, missed a lot of the season. I'm not sure what the plans will be for him. So I could see that players that might be on the bubble, Coco Jean, Christoph, Joseph Martinez, you know, we know is not going to be back. McVeigh, Robbie Robinson, Stefanelli, Ulloa, Dixon Arroyo. Um, it seems to me that those are guys who are on the bubble anyway um, as they go forward. Yeah, and I think especially on the on the back end, like you were saying before, some more speed on that side. You know, they had some a lot of defensive breakdowns the, the, during this season, even with or without Messi in the lineup. And so that area needs to be fortified a little bit. So definitely uh, we'll see what they can do. And um, for now, the next step is the China trip. I mean, now they get to market themselves abroad. And, um, you know, does Me you know Messi takes Miami and now Messi takes China. What what can we expect from this team on the road in the next couple of weeks on the very far on the far east? Yes, I mean I'm waiting to find out what the broadcasting is going to be because I I do think that you know the fans here are going to want to watch and see these games. I'm not sure if Apple is going to be carrying these or if somebody else. Some it's a Chinese marketer, it's a Chinese marketing firm and promoter that is bringing them over to play two Chinese teams. Um, you know, it's an opportunity. I spoke to Drake Calendar and I spoke to DeAndre Yedlin. But what did we get, you know, from a trip like this? And they were saying that, especially because so many new players got six players over the summer, and they really have been meshing and learning on the fly. Uh, you know, from the time Tata got here in July and the other six got here, um, they've really, you know, they've still just been getting to know each other in a way. Uh, they have not had a preseason together. So this trip to China is going to be an opportunity for all of these players to spend a lot of time on an airplane heading over there. And uh, they're going over on the 2nd. They're flying on November 2nd next week. And then they have games on November 5th and November 8th. And I believe they'll be returning probably around November 10th. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a chance for them to spend a full week overseas uh, where you really get to mesh and bond and they will be training. They're going to be training at a very state of the art uh, Chinese facility and playing two games against Chinese first division teams. So it'll be two more chances for them to play because it's a very long off season, by the way, they don't start up again until mid January. So we're only right now, we're not even in November. 
So for them to just sit around from, you know, from October 21st to sit around until mid-January, that is a long time. That's basically all until November, December, January. We're talking about almost three months uh, of sitting around. So this is an opportunity for them to still train. They're going to be training this, you know, next week it, down here in Fort Lauderdale. And then they're going to train in China. They'll play two games. So they'll still be able to keep their fitness a little bit and they'll be able to bond and mesh as a team. So I think it's going to be, and then the marketing, forget about it. I mean, in Asia, when you look at what David Beckham went over there, when Messi goes over there, the Argentine national team was there with Messi in May. And, uh, and it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. The fans in Asia are, are so crazy for soccer and especially for big celebrities like Messi. So there's going to be a lot of huge crowds, huge, you know, a lot of media, a lot of fans, a lot of craziness around their team hotel. They're going to have to have very, very, very tight security uh, on the field. Uh, the games that Messi played in China with the Argentine national team, uh, there were, you know, there was a young man who tried to get on the field and did get on the field and got tackled pretty severely to the point that Messi almost got injured on that play. Uh, so, you know, the, the security is going to have to have their antenna up because it is, it is going to be a crazy, uh, you know, sort of scene. People don't get a chance in that part of the world to see him that often. So when they do, uh, they get very, very, very excited. So it's going to be a, a really unusual and exciting experience for all of these players on MLS, especially on Inter Miami, when you're looking at Benja Kramaski, you know, Noah Allen, Diego Gomez, Farias, Aviles, these young guys to be on an yeah. Asian tour with Messi. <laughs> this is going to be a growing up experience for them for sure. And I think it'll be good for them coming back to, to be able to handle all that comes with being Messi's teammate, because that's something mm -hmm. that all of these players have had to learn on the fly. These are guys who used to just go to the team hotel and walk around outside the team hotel, like no big deal, walk around to the local cafe, walk around a town. And, you know, they would take pictures and selfies of themselves in all the different towns that they were playing in. The minute Messi got here, everything changed. And yep. that's something that they've all had to get used to. And going on a tour in Asia with him is going to bring it to a whole other level. Yeah. Can't just walk into Starbucks anymore and and order a latte and uh, not have everyone uh, go in absolutely insane the second he walks in the door. I mean, we saw it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I, we know that they're the sponsor, but remember that Publix picture and all that stuff that was yes. going on at the beginning. Yes. That that, that yes. kind of craziness. But uh, yeah, in, in Asia, anywhere you go, and and I mean, especially there, I think the you know it, it, that's a good point because for the youngsters this is all going to be like so eye-opening like that for these guys that are, you know, the rock stars and they're used to the craziness, but not for those, those guys like Ben, I mean, you're, you're a long way from Key Biscayne and, and it's, and, 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 and yeah, from the bonding perspective too, that, that that's also very true. And I think that's going to be because it's not just get used to being Messi's teammate on the field, which we've talked about at length and, you know, elevating your game and all that. It's the off the field stuff too. That is, is a big life changer. So. It's going to be interesting. Let's see. Like, like you said, let's, I'm, I'm curious myself if we we're going to be able to watch it on Apple TV or somewhere else or somewhere that's at least reachable or, or, or something that you won't have to pay extra for, because I know 
the fans are tired of paying extra these tired days of buying for, for an extra for another streaming service yeah i don't yeah, want one I mean, more streaming service so please tickets, put this on an existing streaming service yeah you know tickets jerseys they're, they're tired of paying extra for everything at this point so th this would be yes. one less thing to worry about but uh, michelle and i have uh it's been a pleasure for us to bring you the show during the season and we're going to continue to do that through the off season we may take a tiny break not sure yet but um we will be recapping this china trip and any events eventful developments with this team throughout the off season because odds are like you said they'll be off for a little while until january but that doesn't mean things aren't going to happen signings aren't going to oh happen. and there's going to be signings oh yeah once the oh, roster yeah. starts changing once once the you know once we find out more about luis suarez and is he going to sign in december mm -hmm. and there's going to be there will be lots to talk about so for sure i think after the china trip that would be a great time to reconvene and talk about the china trip the ballon d'or and by then we'll have some more clarity on on what's going forward with the roster so until then, like always, uh, you can catch us here at MiamiHerald.com. You can also catch us on YouTube. And we thank you. And, of course, if you're listening to it, not watching it on uh, Apple, on you know, on iTunes, Spotify, whatever, whichever podcatcher is your favorite. And uh, as always, we thank everybody for watching and listening to Inside Inter Miami. We'll be back very soon with another episode. And until then, for Michelle Kaufman, I'm Andre Fernandez. We'll see you then, everybody.